0: Attitudes towards people from, you know, in the telecoms abroad, and to poorer people is that we have um, a ruling class that's that's brought up through an educational system that instills both British exceptionalism and class exceptionalism. So, you know, you look at the you look at the um, sort of the elite maybe in the Conservative Party who've all gone to Wheaton. They're at a college that, as far as I'm aware, hasn't changed much since the days of empire, <laughs> and it's all about building in exceptionalism because you have to believe you're exceptional to rule, don't you? You know, that's that's you know, normal people generally don't have power lusts, or, or they do, but
1: can you not imagine? Can you not understand why someone might have power lusts though and not be an evil person?
0: I. Not power lust, no. I think if you if you lust for power and just power, then there's something wrong with you. If you um, want to make things better, I think that's a different thing.
1: Can you understand why someone might be racist?
0: Yes. Okay,
1: and, and let them not be a bad person. Yes. Can you understand it without I- blaming it on someone rich who forced them to be that
0: way? Uh, almost <laughs> I can get I can get close to it but I mean I, I'm still I, I'm very caught up in in this country and our colonial past and the fact that we we have a a, a system that that breeds in this this um sense of exceptionalism, like I say. So kind of, yes but no.
1: <laughs> so you're you so what I'm getting is that your version, your mm. personal in, in your yeah. head, I don't mean yeah, yeah. what how you understand the term. Yeah. I mean your empathy, mm. your version of the nearest you get to empathy. <laughs> it's just a really sophisticated <laughs> And vaguely benevolent sort of left-wing ideology. Yeah, that's, that's what it, it really yeah. is. It isn't. It isn't <laughs> yeah. actually empathy. It's just.
0: It's just. I'm just right on. that. Yeah. it. You just. Is. You just yeah, yeah, I watched a lot of uh, Saturday Live with Ben Elton mm. in the 80s. Which, I, do you know, if I really analyse it as well, I, uh, 80s left-wing comedians inform more of my political opinion than is right. I mean, it definitely
1: I, remind me of Kevin Turvey quite yeah. a lot. <laughs>
0: Good, <laughs> but yeah, if I'd gone to eating, I'd definitely I'd hate everyone. I'm not
1: I'm not knocking it. I happen mm. to agree with what mm. you were saying. It's but just then, it's just that we were talking about how people aren't in how humans aren't innately em, don't empathy, innately yeah. have empathy. Yeah, and you turn that into a history lesson.
0: Yeah, I did, but you know, that's me. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I, I, but you say I can't help but look things look at things in in those terms, and then. I remember that actually we're all individuals, and, and maybe I came from a background where you, you, could potentially have had low expectations. And I think, in terms of how I think and, and act, I've I've kind of risen above it and and done it myself. In, in which case, I think people who don't choose to do that are lazy and feckless. Hmm. I am. Um, that's how I, I, that's how um, lower middle class Tory attitudes work, isn't it? Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah.
1: so. I am. Um, I'm not gonna go on about Mr. Robot again.
0: I almost but, watched it the other day, and you know you put me
1: off. But it, it happens to be well, good if I've achieved one thing. <laughs>
0: um,
1: it's uh, but uh, it is it is one of those uh, things because it, it's kind it's kind of relevant because we've just had Bonfire Night, and so I imagine there were lots of people wearing uh for Vendetta masks. I went Factory-made v for vendetta masks. I'm guessing.
0: I went to a. Um, uh, this is, of course, it's anecdotal. Mm-hmm. I uh, went to a bonfire last night. Uh, about twenty-one thousand people were there. I didn't see any uh, v for vendetta masks. Yeah, but it was in Winchester. That is true. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> but it's or Winchester, as I insist on calling it now, because of the um, the TV program.
1: I understand why. Uh, I I I I, un- I kind of understand the underlying resentment. And uh, the the uh, I guess it is it's mo- it's mostly people who are very individualistic, mm. but who have uh, by by dint of the fact that there's a, there's a situation where you're either winning at yeah. the moment, and in which case you're probably a Tory. <laughs> just that isn't. I'm not throwing Tories under the bus. I'm just saying. You're unlikely to, you know, but there are yeah. there are people who who are winning, mm. and there are people who feel like they are losing, and probably are yeah. in our society at the moment, for sure. And I think a lot of the people who are losing are probably aligning themselves with, uh, and they might not even be able to help it. They're probably aligning themselves with uh, uh, much more liberal or libertarian or or, or left wing uh, uh, stuff like the f society um mm-hmm. uh, uh the superficial v yeah. Anonymous-y thing mm-hmm. who if they were winning would be on the complete other side of that line mm-hmm. you know i think that like there are an awful lot of people who probably are actually quite selfish yeah. and stuff like that but who are still donning a lot of those cultural trappings because they are angry cuz they're losing out
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's the direction that all of the other people who yeah. a lot of the other people who are losing out are heading in. I think actually, the same is probably where's the coaster.
0: No, it's just uh, the guinea pigs come out. I just want to prove. Oh, it. I just want to hello, prove it was pig.
1: alive. Um, I, I think actually, uh, it's probably naive of me, but I actually think that that's uh, the reason a lot of people start heading towards UKIP and people like that as well, because both of those groups appeal to. Like the idea that the people in charge don't mm. care about you and blah uh-huh. blah 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 blah. Um I'm not sure what my point was. Uh, no, but well, Mr Robot
0: annoyed me. Alright. You're right, it is both about disaffection. It's who, who you're choosing to blame for it. UKIPers wanna blame Europe, wanna blame immigration, the, mm. the million mass marchers wanna wanna blame the the power in adverted commas, but
1: But it, it, that counts that counts yeah. that includes Mm. hipsters with stupid retail ideas that seem to be doing all right do you know what I mean so it's
0: sort of you know it's funny actually because you said I went to Winchester last night and gentrification is something that I I kind of understand anger towards gentrification Um, Winchester's a lovely city Um, it's a lot nicer than it was when I was a child but it always had a lot of wealth there Mm. Um, it was a lot more the wealth was a lot more condensed Um, at that point, you basically, I think I've described it before, you have like an inner circle, like the older part of, of Winchester, very, very wealthy. And then you have estates around the edge of it, newer, newer estates, Mm -hmm. like mine was built in the 1930s. No, earlier than that, I think. But, um... Where there were predominantly council homes so you had like, the poorer people lived on the edge of town and we, almost like the reverse of big cities <laughs> to this honest with you, where you have the rich people living in suburbia and poorer people live in the middle of town but um, Winchester's changed in so much as um, the house um, price boom of the 80s in massively inflated prices within Winchester to the point where I can't afford to go there now and I go and I look at the places that we used to go when i was younger the sort of pubs we used to go to i i, I think i was boring jane and steve who we went to the fireworks with at this point but we went past um the site of a pub that was called the mash tongue mm-hmm. and when i was when i was growing up as a kid the, you know that it was always nudge national wink wink that's where you can get some hash if you want it
1: it's also why jamie oliver talks the way he does
0: yes he's got
1: a mash tongue I think. yeah that's,
0: i think you're right yeah um <laughs> And and it, when I got older, it's where I chose to hang out, cause it's where the people who had, you know, quote-unquote... It's where the punks and the, the deadbeats and the pillheads all went. You know, it's, it's because it was our little den. Everyone knew what the score was in there, and they could just get on with it. And we walked past it last night, and it's a lovely tapas restaurant. Mm-hmm. And that's... There wasn't enough money in the town to support all of the nice restaurants that you see now, so... Mm. All of the dives have been bought up and, and turned into restaurants. So it's a very... They're probably being run by people who used to go to the dives. Oh, more than likely, yeah, absolutely. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think the person who owns the tapas bar dabbled in it a little bit, although I believe they are uh, related to a uh, local local radio celebrity uh, whose name I'm not going to mention, but who was a friend of my dad's. Didn't Keith Allen... Doesn't Keith Allen live in Winchester or I have something said?
1: So. To... Apparently he used to go in an ex-girlfriend... An ex-girlfriend of mine used to own a pub. Mm-hmm. Oh, co-owner pub in Winchester, and and they, she definitely used to talk about him going which in. Which there. one? Uh, there's only one Keith Allen. Oh, which ex-girlfriend? No, which pub? Oh, the, there's one really near the train station on a corner.
0: Oh right, is yeah, is the Albion. Far, yeah, something? the Albion. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I never used to go in there. Isn't that funny? Um, I too far out of town.
1: Yeah, maybe. Mm. I mean, I don't know really. Uh, but were there many? Casting your mind back to this counterculture place. Yeah. Um, were there many foreign, pe- you know, people who look a bit like me or darker? Were there any foreign? Were there many black people in Winchester back then? Oh
0: God, no. I mean, there were there were a smattering of Asian families, and then you had.
1: Presumably, they owned what? Takeaways and.
0: No, well, we had a doctors like, and. We had a few Asian families living on our estate, uh, um, and uh, there was one. Uh, my my primary school was so white. I remember. There was one Asian kid who was uh, Vietnamese, his parents were Vietnamese boat people mm-hmm. um, at that time. So obviously there were a lot of people coming. I remember he was called... Um, like Transformers. He was called a man, I remember. It's and, confusing name. And the thing, the thing that impressed us all about a man the most is uh, when we were six years old, uh, a man used to stand there... Uh, pissing in the toilets without holding his willy and we were all very impressed that he could do that so the thing that
1: impressed you most about a man when you were a mm. child the thing that impressed you most about a man mm. was uh, his ability to uh, piss without holding stood his up, penis yeah, without holding his penis mm. that that could be about the particular person you're talking about but it could also have been about how you felt about all men that sentence kind of works it could be because grown up, grown men are better at pissing. It, it, Except it, me, I've got it, it, a really weak stream most
0: of the time. It is, Winchester was was horribly white, um, but I remember my. Um, I used to spend quite a lot of time with an Asian family because my dad's best friend at work was a guy called Ravi, so we used to go around Ravi's house quite a lot, and so I kind of. Otherwise, I'd have had no exposure to people other than very white people. Most of my life. I think there was, like, one black kid in my secondary school.
1: My question about what those families did might have seemed a little bit stereotypical, but I did live in two towns. Before coming to Southampton, I lived in two towns. One, I think there was just us and mm. a Chinese family sure, who weren't, like, white Anglo-Saxons. Yeah. And the Chinese family had the Chinese takeaway and yeah. we had a fish and chip shop. Mm. Um, and then the next place I lived, mm-hmm. I think was a much bigger place, but had a similar lack of diversity at the time I lived there. I know Mm. that isn't the case anymore. And uh, there were two Greek families. Mm. Uh, There had been two Greek families before we moved there. Mm -hmm. We took over a fish and chip shop from one of the Greek families, Mm. so they moved away, and the other Greek family owned the other fish and chip shop. So it's kind of...
0: This is the thing that always gets me. We we live in um, Shirley, which is Mm. part of Southampton, and there are a lot of... Restaurants, like but not you know, it's like uh, curry uh, restaurants, Thai places and stuff, fish and chip shops, <coughs> that are all run by people who um, have emigrated to this country. But what is I find remarkable about that? It, it belies the myth about the lazy, benefit scrounging immigrant. It's like. No, they're working in really hard jobs, running their businesses, trying to make something of themselves. It's, um, it's, and it's like when, when people buy into that, that whole, you know, people who emigrate to this country want to do so to take our benefits, which isn't true. They want to go to Germany and Sweden where benefits are much more generous. And, and in fact, most of them do want to go to Germany and Sweden because life is generally better there they don't want to That's why the to guys UK. from we the same pet went there. That's that's right. Yeah, you're not wrong. <clears throat> but the evidence is right in front of you every time you go out. Well, I mean that's a
1: in a lot of the cases you're talking about they own the businesses as well. So it's not like they're stealing jobs from no, anyone absolutely. because they're generating <clears throat> them in many cases. And I mean certainly in my family there was a certain uh, it's not just a work ethic. But it was the idea of owning your own business and working for yourself was yeah. quite ingrained into my my uncles who came over in the sure. um, 60s. To, oh. to the point where only one of my uncles didn't end up doing that, right? And he and he literally went completely the other way and, and started you. no, and started working um, like working for local government and and working in in uh, social services and stuff like that. Very noble. So he was complete, you know. The rest of them all went and started their own businesses, yeah. and he he uh, went to work work within the community yeah. a lot. Um, and he had a trade; he's got a trade and stuff as well. But um, which actually is a really traditional, like you are having your trade and yeah. you are being able to do that stuff. That's a really traditional way of thinking everywhere. But certainly when they came over in the '60s, I think maybe the mentality was starting to die off a little bit among, like. Actual British people. (laughs) To be
0: fair, it's the mentality I grew up with, because you know, I and I did. I became a chef. I, I, you know, it's most people I knew. I, I remember I've spoken before. You know, sort of career advice. It's not going to university. It's like okay, so you're going to go to technical college, Mm. get yourself a trade. How I wish I'd got a more practical trade than cookery, though.
1: I was raised by narcissistic hippies, so the idea of mm. having a trade was just never on the table. Oh, but the idea of working in their cafes mm. or their cafe or fish and chip shop yeah. was so uh, on Scarlet's that table.
0: in trouble then, isn't she? Because I'm a massive narcissistic hippie. Are you a narcissist? I, yeah, I, I like to stand in front of a full-length mirror, smoke drugs and tuck the penis behind my l- legs and say, who's a lovely hippie?
1: I know that you do not love looking at yourself in a mirror because right. I've been in a hotel room with you. I hate it, yeah. I, um, I'd be interested to know if any of our listeners are qualified. I would like what, to know... Qualified what, qualified narcissists? Qualified uh, psy- psychologists, I guess.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I always get psychology uh, Stalactites, stalagmites, and yeah. psychologists, psychiatrists, I always get yeah. them mixed up. Yeah, that's all the same. Uh, And it doesn't matter. You could tell me now. Yeah. You could teach me a anomic. Okay. And uh, and I still wouldn't remember it in two days' time because that's just my brain.
0: Isn't it one of them, they do it lying down, the other one they do it from the ceiling or something?
1: Yeah, I think uh, stalactites uh, lie on their backs with the cocks in the air. Yeah. Stalagmites lie on their fronts with the cocks in the sand. I okay. think that's how it works. That's Definitely. my monomic device. doesn't make any sense.
0: No, it doesn't work either, but it's
1: good. But, um, I mean, I can't remember how we got on to Winchester.
0: I like Winchester, Fireworks.
1: though. They have a big firework display.
0: Very yeah, really impressive. You've it's
1: a, nice. listener, you are listening to. You haven't tuned into anything because that isn't how it works anymore.
0: Well, you were listening to two grown men. What if um, someone's listening to this on an iTrip? What's an so iTrip? So one of those um, like uh, FM um, broadcasty things that you plug into your iPhone. And then you have to tune a radio in to listen to it.
1: Oh, that seems like a lot of work.
0: No, I've got one. It's very easy.
1: Why don't I just get it off the four G, off the mm-hmm. EE four G?
0: What straight to your car?
1: Look, I don't really understand any of what we're talking about. I just wanted okay. to bring up the fact that the I had two really annoying consumer. I I had to realize this week.
0: Um, you almost introduce a podcast. Yes, so I'm really this pleased. Is, this is reality.
1: this is two grown men. Uh, we haven't had an episode for a couple of weeks. Uh, so sorry, sorry about fault. that. You need to apologize to one very specific person. Yeah, who sorry, has complained-
0: yeah. Um, but still, back off! Don't give me too much ass, okay? Because I, um, I'm trying really hard. It's not easy going to work and doing podcasts. Go
1: on, go on, do the do the thing. And I'm mentally ill.
0: And I've yeah, I've got um, I've men- got a mental health problem. I've got a, a, a mental worry. <laughs> I might just I might just start crying uncontrollably yeah. right now.
1: I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not. I don't know why I'm mocking you. I nearly started crying this week over buying a pair of trainers.
0: I'm not going to get my semicolon tattoo done now. <laughs> Although it's not all about the semicolon. There's stuff there too.
1: Um, do you know that colon in Greek means uh, arsehole? Actually, it kind of means...
0: Everything means arsehole in Greek. Colon kind of means arsehole in English as well.
1: Yeah. It's more specific than that. It's up-the-butt the, yeah. up the butt stuff.
0: Which everything in Greek is up-the-butt yeah, stuff.
1: Everything in Greek is up-the-butt stuff.
0: I almost did... Uh, I, I worked with a, a Greek separate lady and I almost did that joke... That I told you that Stephen Fry recounted about the Greek and the Roman arguing, and they end their, you know, about the great achievements of their cultures, and, and the Greek man says we invented sex, and the the Roman man says yes, but we invented it with women. I don't think she'd appreciate it.
1: No, no. Well, I mean, she was a lady. She is a lady. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I don't know how that plays. Stephen Fry basically can say whatever the fuck he likes, can't he? Yes. Yes, he can. Because what? Because he's famous and beloved, or because he's gay, or what? What? Are the, what? What? Where? Where did he get the special powers? I from? I believe it's
0: because he's a director of uh, Norwich City Football Club.
1: All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that means. That's a sport thing. So, uh, well, yeah. You understand
0: the concept of being a director of an organisation, sure? Does that
1: mean he uh, he is the one he takes what the scriptwriter for the football team? has written and then he films it in a way that he chooses to film. That is exactly
0: what that means.
1: Right, okay. So um I this is Two Grown Men and you have been listening to it for about,
0: for about twenty minutes
1: already. Probably. This episode's probably nearly done. Unless you actually. listen to it on
0: double speed, in which case ten minutes. Ten minutes. Um which ten minutes you're just trying to confuse people. Yeah, if they're listening to it on double speed, that would sound ridiculous.
1: James and I have been doing podcasts in, in the absence of, the, of, of Two Grown Men. We've been doing We Have Issues.
0: I turned up for one.
1: Yeah, well, that, that counts. And I've done. And I, it seems like I've totally forgotten how to do this one. Oh, uh, you can listen to all of the previous episodes at twogrownmen.net. That's the thing you can do. Yeah, if you want. Uh, we don't always talk uh, about class without really having prepared anything. Sometimes we talk about children, which is the whole point of. I the can talk about podcast. class in an
0: educated manner for hours. Uh,
1: uh, we yeah we also. But talk that's because
0: that's only because the 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 uh, the rich have kept me down.
1: Yeah, is that why? Yeah. Um, I uh, I the, the Jamie uh, Oliver. Uh, a few weeks ago, released a, a statement complaining about some
0: anal discharge. Complaining
1: about how how poor people spend their money on food. But one thing he said was that alongside your the the I read it and I thought and maybe I'm just too mm. focused on the identity politics and 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 culture and stuff of everything. I'm doing things with my hands for James that the the the, the listener can't hear or see. Um, but he said that what people don't seem to understand is that after your mortgage payments, mm. after your mortgage, food is the thing that you will spend the most money on. Yeah. And I read it and thought, the, the fact that you think most mm. of the people you're talking to have a fucking mortgage, <laughs> or talking about, it's just such a privileged point <laughs> yeah. of view right maybe, there.
0: Maybe, maybe Jamie Oliver should be campaigning on um, rent control.
1: He uh, he painted a very quaint picture of uh, some Italian street cleaner. I think it was an Italian street cleaner. How how an Italian street cleaner can like just get some dust off the street and mm. pick some pick some uh, fish yeah. skeletons because he lives in a fishing yeah. village. Pick some fish skeletons off the thing yeah. and uh, and then buy some uh, some prawns for mm. uh, five pence for a big giant bag yeah. and um, of Spanish money mm. uh, five so five. Yeah. euros and uh, and and all and all of that stuff and he can make an amazing paella yeah. so why can't someone living in the middle of london or somewhere yeah
0: yeah. well that's it maybe you should go on and fucking do it the um you fucking fat tongue prick
1: but uh the, the yes yeah, so uh to, yeah and um, so we'll talk about children at some point maybe um and and we talk a lot about james's mental health and uh, and and I
0: think or lack of it, <laughs> I
1: think I quite often uh, use talking about James's mental health as a way of avoiding talking about my own mm. uh, 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 problems. But you know that changes in some episodes as well. To be
0: fair, uh, I use it a way of avoiding talking about yours. As no, well. that's that's <laughs> also true.
1: Um, and uh, uh, so that's that's what we do. You've tuned in to us. You can uh, you don't tune in. You can listen to us yes, on iTunes no, possibly, or any podcatcher. We t- 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 I don't want to go down that yeah. that route again. Uh, you can listen to us in your podcatcher choice. Please to review and rate us. Um, I don't know why I'm putting the admin in the middle because I, we didn't really have a beginning for want of a better place to put it. And I forget to put it at the end.
0: Yeah.
1: Um i wanted to mention though it sounded like i didn't i it sounded like you were really anti-gentrification and i somehow think it's amazing i don't i don't know if that's actually something that was said or if it's just how i feel i just want to say i do understand why people don't like gentrification it's just that with a lot of the uh campaigning against gentrification in parts of london at the moment i'm i'm reading some of the some of the stuff i think there was a um, a, 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 an organization that has the word "fuck" really prominently in their name, mm. um, and I was reading that and thinking, you know, it, it's a it's a bit like mm. when Americans, when white Americans mm. complain about immigrants coming over, yeah, and people always joke. Well, I wonder how the the Native Americans, the indigenous people, feel about that because mm. you're. I I sort of I, I read this stuff and tend to think, you know, I. I bet you were the last wave of gentrifying people who came in Mm. and made it impossible for the people who'd lived in London for a couple of generations to live there anymore. Because at the moment in London, certainly, and all over this country, probably, but definitely in in parts of London, there are are layers of gentrification on gentrification that have been going on for for generations. And Mm -hmm. it's like, if anything it actually feels like it might be at the point where it burns itself out at some point soon maybe. because the only people who can afford to live there are the people who bought the houses yeah. years ago and at the point when even rich people can't afford to live in a place mm-hmm. or upper middle class people yeah there is always
0: a danger with these things that uh, you know you can actually people can end up being a little bit too blinkered to the fact that things do change and evolve And but I, I think for, for most maybe the argument is, is more about I think especially in London, because um, property is so highly sought after, rents are increasing, it's impossible to buy, and people are, are further and further marginalised to the point where, where people... You can't live in London unless you, you're at a certain social strata. Mm. And then, you know, that that's a, a troubling thing.
1: No, absolutely, yeah. Uh, but I think that... I guess what I'm saying is that probably... that's. It's happening now mm. to one social strata. I know it's
0: happened for all, time. but that social strata yeah.
1: probably knocked out. I'd, I'd be, I'd be surprised mm. if, if there are that. Many, you know, I, I don't know how many families are being displaced now. But,
0: but yeah, I mean, you can probably, you can probably look at the way that London's evolved. So mm. it's sort of, it's, it's like an onion, isn't it? And adds an extra layer each time certain groups push other groups out. Mm. So I think the problem we're getting to now is, is where else can they go London's pretty huge
1: (laughs) I think I think North London's still pretty much taken over by Greeks though I think Greeks have a lot of North London
0: that'd be fine come the referendum in two years time we'll send them all back home and that's where the poor people can go and live
1: okay Palmer's Greek Wood Greek that's what they call them right. Um, at least I think that's what my family calls them it's funny, you know. I, 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 I the the question of diversity is really strange because I went. I, we might have talked about it before, but the two towns I lived in, where we mm-hmm. were the only one of the only couple of foreign families, was after living in a town um, called Peterborough, where I don't know if it was the case for the whole town, but the secondary mm-hmm. school I was at was. Um, I, I'm guessing white people were probably still in the... In, in the majority but it certainly felt really diverse yeah. I knew at least uh, three or four different religions worth of brown people wow um, there were there were a few other Greeks not that many there were Irish I don't know if we had any Chinese people to be honest but so but I've heard people refer to Peterborough uh, I've heard people refer to Peterborough in recent months as being a really racist mm. place right. or having and what I suspect happened was they might have had a prominent news story about the BNP or something there. Mm-hmm. But actually when I'd been in Southampton for a couple of years mm. in my second year, I lived in a house with, um, a, a woman and her younger sister, they were Indian, I think. And, uh, the, uh, older sister was a journalist or something. And in, in Southampton, the The place where most of the students with no money ended up living was also the place where all of the Indian families ended up settling sure. together. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe what fifty years ago, mm. when when there was a, a big influx of immig- uh, immigration. Mm. I it's it's always hard to. I think that was where they were put as much as anything yeah. else, but also I think uh, the the community probably mm-hmm. like moved together but it's also got a huge pro- it also had at that time a huge problem of prostitution a huge problem with drugs because mm. it's also where loads of like skimp people lived as well I guess and I'd only been here maybe a year when we uh, there was a big problem with um the Jewish part of the cemetery mm-hmm. being desecrated
0: oh yeah I remember
1: and uh, and also, in and I probably wouldn't have heard about this if I didn't live in the middle of that town, uh, that part of town. Yeah. In fact, I don't know if I'd have heard about this even if I'd lived with other students in that part mm. of town. Um, but people, uh, Asian families, were having, like, stuff put through their mm-hmm. burning rags, put through yeah, their yeah. uh, letterboxes and stuff. Sure. I don't know if it even made the local paper, to be honest. I knew about it mm-hmm. because... Um, I knew about it because I lived with someone sure. who was very active in that community. Yeah. And um, it. on the one hand, that's interesting because all of my fellow students were just talking about how they got mugged all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like even people who lived in St. Mary's where I'm talking about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, th- what was, as far as they were concerned, the culture of the area was mm. it's not very safe to be walking around at night that you get mugged if you're a student and stuff like that. While at the same time, all of this... Um, racial stuff was happening as well, and they're sitting like living next door to each other and completely oblivious to what's going
0: on. I um I started a job in that area in two thousand and one. The week before I started, a sales rep um, who'd, who'd visited the place I was working at was stabbed in the car park. Hmm. Um, survived, but it was it. Although strangely, I, I, I've stopped working there now. But by twenty fourteen, it was quite clear... You know, the, the the community had made. Still not the nicest part of town, but the community have made made massive strides in terms of it being a much nicer, more pleasant mm. place to be. You know, it's
1: oh, absolutely. It's just, um, and I think that was starting to happen even by the time yeah. I moved out because I lived I lived in and around that area for mm. most of my first few years in yeah. Southampton, um, and. What's weird is it's probably safer now, but I feel weirder walking through it mm-hmm. because I don't live there anymore. So we're, we're
0: older, so we're less able to defend ourselves.
1: Well, or or yeah, or just less confident I I guess
0: mm-hmm.
1: a, about about just wandering around late at night anyway. I just
0: go out less at night. Yeah, I think so that's what it, it is. just it feels odd being out at night, that's all.
1: But so it was really strange for me to hear that Peterborough was apparently racist when that was the most harmonious yeah. diverse time of my yeah. life. It, and I didn't really even become I, I had like I took some racist abuse
0: yeah
1: probably not that much at that point in my life but certainly when I in the tour in the three or four years but well, it was longer than that that I was living in these other two towns people would people always picked on me but when I lived in these less diverse towns, the nature of that the the abuse mm-hmm. I took became. Uh, about uh, about my name or about uh, the fact that I wasn't English yeah. or do you know what I mean And, yeah. and um, so I, I've always kind of seen that as well it's just they were going to be horrible to me regardless that just happened to be the ammunition that they had at their disposal because they weren't that smart most of the time mm-hmm. I didn't actually see the idea of racial violence and I, I when I talk about racial violence I mean like the greys getting desecrated is a violent yeah. act it isn't Absolutely. just calling someone names at school or something um and the the stuff through the letterbox and stuff mm-hmm. i didn't see any of that until i got to Southampton, yeah, which i think people think of as a much nicer mm-hmm. place than there being was an
0: nice attack on the synagogue near where you used to live as well at that time i remember mm, probably yeah. yeah um
1: or interestingly uh i think this was the place that i really first became aware of um, I had a. I think the first summer I was here, I was working at a telesales place not far from where we are now. Um, no,pe actually it's miles from where we are now. It's in Portswood, and we're in the other part. Oh of that yeah, that's that's a, that's a um, bit of a stretch. Uh, and uh, I had this. Uh, a female colleague who was this young uh, Asian girl. And we were walking through... uh, I was walking her home because she lived up here in Chirley. And as we were walking through St. Mary's, and it happened two or three times when I was walking home Mm. with her, uh, cars would go past full of Asian teenage lads. Mm -hmm. And just... She said that she didn't know who they were. They didn't know me, but just shouting abuse at her, specifically for being with me. Yeah, Never aimed at me, always at her. Which I just found... Because she was walking around with a white guy, mm-hmm. and um, and I'd never experienced anything like that before either. It struck me as very strange, mm. but I did know that I did know that immigrants can be really racist because some of my family are quite racist. Yeah, for sure. Um, they're really good at it as well because yeah. they're they're not they're not tangled up in any idea of you know nobody's telling nobody's telling slightly tan people like me that they shouldn't be racist because um, you know. Because that seems to be a very, like,
0: I think it's a happy place to get to when you realise that everyone has the capacity to be a complete bastard. Yeah, I know completely, within, regardless of how um, you know, even even you know the, the 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 most highly thought of uh, liberal figureheads. I'm sure have the capacity to be complete poo heads.
1: Uh, I think you're talking about Jermaine Greer. I, I wasn't. <laughs> oh, I
0: really oh.
1: I think we we would we won't talk about that loads, but but James and I were talking about that a little bit before we started recording, and I just not, reiterate the point. Mm. It means we're progressing mm. if the people that were icons of pro- progress before are now
0: out of date, and mm. uh, it makes me sad not only because she, she was such a great feminist icon and a huge figure. It's weird. It's sort of I, I had a real sort of. Bent towards antipodean thinkers when I was younger. So, Clive James was a huge influence um, on me. He, I can't think of another figure that that I I've read poetry. I've read um, uh, critical prose. Uh, you know, I, I've read um, really thoughtful um, stories as a result of liking the guy that did the funny advert show and i he i owe so much to him in terms of broadening my my horizons i i don't think without his influence i'd have certainly wouldn't read and think in the way i do because he he allowed me to access that i knew i was a fan of his, so i used to bought a book of his poetry i read his autobiography read some
1: he never disappointed,
0: it, though did he? Um I think he can be more well, something. Else. Is I he alive know. still? I can't remember. He is. Yeah, he's not meant to be. No. <laughs> you remember a couple of years ago he was doing sort of valedictorian um uh interviews because his his cancer was Oh yeah. I'm um, oh. going to take him but he's he's um lived well beyond his prognosis, which is great, you know. Um I I think if you look back at some of the TV shows he did um, in the eighties, his attitude towards women hasn't been on point um, uh, for all time. Jay Edidin,
1: in yes. response to um, who, who uh, came out as trans recently, from Explain the X Men. From Explain the X Men, um, very recently actually. Yes. and congratulations to to yeah. them to yeah. them for that.
0: I've, um, I'd, I'd actually, well, well, I actually, what say I have genuinely found Jay quite inspirational this week. I've, it was some, and and but it wasn't because of that. But I've sort of chosen to be a patron.
1: They uh, they've been uh, really helpful to me in the past as sure. well. They're both about podcast stuff, and I think I mentioned it on on We Have Issues. I'm last
0: I'm really week. concerned how jumbled up my thinking sounds. No, no, it's fine. Um, but
1: uh, one of the things someone on Tumblr in 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 res- response to the coming out mm. was was doing was was talking about um, how. I, I think that one of the reasons one of the reasons they were nervous about coming out or that um or or one of the problems they were having was talking mm. to their their mother about it. Yeah, of course. And one of the things Jay said which is something that I I really confirms my biases mm. um but I I don't often see respected voices saying yeah. this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um Although Jay's always been very, oh, one like, point, re, re, yeah. yeah, but also very thought, like thoughtful, yeah. in that uh, there's, there are no easy answers to anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, was saying that uh, even when Jay was uh, a teenager, which, and I think they're younger than us, yeah, there wasn't even a language that the language wasn't even the same. There wasn't even a language for the stuff um that they're talking about Mm -hmm. and that they're going through so um it isn't just when we say oh yeah but they're older they're from a past generation it always sounds like an excuse and Mm -hmm. it is a bit of an excuse but at the same time uh it was really nice to hear someone voice to hear someone i respect voice that that like hopefully they'll come through and hopefully they'll be able to cope but like they will make mistakes and they might not be able to manage it completely because this is like you I think most of your ideas about stuff gets fixed Mm. in your first 20 years on the planet maybe and then everything that comes after that feels Mm. like a massive revelation if your mind changes about anything after about 22 25 something like that then it feels like a huge revelation sometimes it's
0: you know actually there's probably there's probably some decent science behind why that happens because um it's a lot to do like brain plasticity yeah. plasticity and so forth but your your brain does kind of harden off after a certain yeah. age where it, it then does become you know I, I think actually it's getting to the point where I kind of you've got to look up the people who who, who are older than us and still sort of quite um progressive because it is harder
1: <laughs> I heard uh, I, and it's almost definitely a story I've said on the podcast once, uh, at least once before, but um, I, my family, I tend to think of my family, my extended family, mm. as very traditional and I don't really get on with... It's not that I don't get on with them, I get on with them fine, but it hasn't always been easy yeah. and I didn't start getting on with them until I didn't care about whether I fit in with them or yeah. not. Um, and my uncles are very old-fashioned... It, to, to Do very, you know, I thought they, you were
0: going to say your uncle's a very old fascist.
1: They've got very they've they, they've got different um, ideologies from each other, but they're all like part of that older generation. And the first time, uh, the first time Amy and I went up to see the family when uh, we had our son Noah, our first son mm. Noah, and he was a baby. Um, I was I was feeding him. And one of my younger cousins, he had a, uh, they had Mm -hmm. a baby, have a baby as well, uh, uh, around the same age as Noah, Mm -hmm. and he was, um, he was also looking after uh, his daughter Mm -hmm. while, um, while his wife was doing other stuff, and that, and this is like in my grand's living room, so it's really not that. It it Mm. seemed massive when I was a kid, but there were loads of people in it, so it was really packed. And one of the... Uh, uh, a lot of the women in the room... A lot of the young women in the room were going... Oh, isn't it lovely? It was like really exceptional for them... Seeing me mm-hmm. and my cousin doing stuff with their kids... And, and they were saying... Oh, oh, isn't it lovely seeing the men doing stuff though? And I just rolled my eyes and I was like... Yeah. Well, I mean, why wouldn't I though? Yeah. And then my uncle, who's the father of the, the cousin... Mm-hmm. Said that, oh, I really want... You know, yeah. I, I'm really sad that I didn't get to do that... Yeah. When I was younger like with any of mine and, um, and all of his, his granddaughters or mm. whatever they were or, or, or uh, daughters or whatever. Mm. Like, Oh, come on dad. What are you talking about? As if you ever did. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, no, it's just, it just wasn't done. Yeah. You know, I love babies yeah. and he's really good with the babies. Actually. It's like, I love babies, mm. but we just weren't supposed to do stuff like that. So I never did. And I think it, it confirmed a lot of stuff I already thought, but it was kind of a turning point for mm-hmm. me. The thing I repeat over and over again is that about patriarchy being a trap mm. for everyone and yeah. and stuff like that. That like um very few people are actually have enough control of the wider culture to fight against it. So like if you mm-hmm. it, it's fifty years ago, if you were a man who was remotely interested in mm-hmm. Uh, traditionally female pursuits or like even yeah. just cooking or mm-hmm. or looking after the kids or something around the house you were put you were swimming against a tide that literally yeah. every like authority figure yeah your parents your grandparents everyone everything was there telling you that you don't do that. And, you know, most people just go with the flow, don't they?
0: Cooking's a really interesting example, isn't it?
1: It's a weird example. Because... In it, the house, has yeah. to be a woman doing it. But if you do it professionally... Has to be a man doing it. Has to be a man. Very weird.
0: I mean, even even when I started back in, I first worked in a, an industrial kitchen. It wasn't industrial. It was in a hotel. But a professional kitchen. 1992, there was one woman, and my God, did she had to fight hard to to be on an equal footing with the men. And I think I was too young to sort of... She used to have... Um, she was technically an excellent chef and better than... Um, there's like a... do um, not sure if you know how kitchens work. You basically have different levels of chefs. So I was a commie chef, which is the lowest. Commie. Um, commie, yeah. Yeah, no enough. figures. Um, sushi, uh, in our kitchen, we had commies, Sue's... Um, Sorry, no sous chef, chef. de party. I beg your pardon. Sous chef, head chef, mm-hmm. and the uh, the chef de party is like the sort of the middling, middling rank, and there were two or three chef de parties, and she was as good, if not better, technically than than the other two men, but she'd get more shit, and she would um, when being given shit. She from time to time it would make her cry, but that was then seen as weakness and then she's seen as weaker but you know none of us are although to be fair I took a fair bit of shit but nothing in the like the, the, the way usually you're did. crying in the toilet yeah. cubicle but, yeah, presumably even, yeah. no, I, I just didn't um, it didn't occur to me to cry at the time um, because I was in a male dominated environment and it was only going to get worse you are in the patriarchy trap yeah but yeah so sort of thinking back on it now it's sort of I feel desperately sorry for her you know? well
1: it's like Nigella Lawson Hmm. She's the only really famous cookie person who's female that I can think of. I want to add Mary Berry and stuff. But, but, I, the, but in terms
0: I, of cooking shows. Now I'm worried that pity is a uh, patronizing. Uh, well, it recipes. is. So it but is, I right? mean, it's also
1: understandable. It's also like just hmm. compassion, isn't it? Okay. I think um, the, the, the the immediately I think that whenever you see a Nigella Lawson TV show mm-hmm. or whenever she's writing her recipes or like you read mm. one of her recipes. There's loads of stuff in there about... The TV shows are always set in a kitchen. Yeah. Like a
0: home kitchen. Oh, very much a domestic setting,
1: isn't Whereas it? Whereas MasterChef and Gordon Ramsay... And all of those shows mm. are like... Kitted out as yeah, oh yeah. restaurant-y things. Oh, they get to be restaurant chefs.
0: MasterChef makes you want to break things. I just... I, uh, do you know, I, I absolutely hit a block. I've probably spoken about this before. But of the weird space that cooking's taken up... In our, in our <laughs> culture that master chef i mean it's overblown nonsense anyway but it was a few years ago and there was a guy who was a consultant pediatrician which you know it obviously takes years to get to that level but what a noble calling and he was interviewed and and his dream was to be a chef i'm like your dreams are fucked up, mate. Get your mates round of a weekend, cook them a lovely meal, and show off. But don't you dare leave your fucking job as a consultant paediatrician. Amy
1: loses her temper whenever someone says this is the most. This is the most amazing thing I've achieved ever, or something like yeah. that. And it's like, so no, what? Your, so your kids,
0: what an empty your family, all fucking of, life like, you've your, got,
1: your <laughs> whole career that you had. It's like
0: <laughs> you heated some shit up and put it on a fucking plate. Yeah. Fuck off! And I love cooking. I really love it. It's one of my favourite things to do. But I, I think I put it in its correct space in my, yeah. uh, in terms of what I've achieved, like Scarlet being the top of the pile, you know, and sort of like you know our podcast and stuff. But cooking's relatively. It's something I love to do. I can do, but it's it's quite low down in terms of what I'm proud of.
1: I I need the toilet. We've mentioned our children, yeah. which means quota. Uh, we've both mentioned our children yeah. now. I was waiting for you to mention yours. I've thought about Nigella Lawson, and we were going to talk about procrastination this can, episode, but I think we'll we'd better do that in the next episode. Well, we've
0: procrastinated so much, that yeah. That's what you were getting at, and I've just yeah, that was sort of, the joke. You were being subtle, and then I yeah, just sort no, of, it's it's fine. You it's just go it's ahead. like <laughs> it's like the time you were talking to Ben Goldsmith all over again, isn't it? When was I talking to Ben Goldsmith? You were having a, a conversation with him uh, a long time ago about um the the McCanns. Oh, yeah. And I jumped in with a very binary action (laughs) that really didn't help your cause at all. Oh, that does sound
1: like me. And I do think about the cause a lot.
0: Sounds like me as well. I'm afraid I might have dumped in with something as stupid and unsympathetic as, well, I wouldn't have left my child alone. Which isn't fucking helpful, is it? Oh, thanks a lot. That gets our fucking child back. Thanks for that. Thanks for not having any fucking empathy at all. I I wouldn't have
1: left my child like that. But I've got a child now, so I can say... Uh, without a doubt what I wouldn't do and that is one thing I wouldn't do We, I need to go no, to the toilet James I wouldn't do it either say it goodbye James say goodbye bye
0: bye bye